welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, sisters, this is a very exciting week. Do tell. Well, I'm. That, thank you for that level of excitement. It's already. <laughs> you can tell how excited we are. Riley, are you awake? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Drink more caffeine. It's Max Fun Drive. Ooh. Yay. Taylor? Yay. Good. <laughs> We're all excited. We're, We're all very, very excited. excited to be a part of Max Fun Drive. This is... Yeah. yeah. Yes, we are. We're, yes. we're very excited. Um, we're going to tell you all about the Max Fun Drive, but not quite yet, because that doesn't come to the middle of the show. Keep you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, but but we're very excited about that. It's a big week. Uh, it's It was a big weekend for... Um, what were you going to go over there? Disney. <laughs> what was it? Hey. <laughs> What, did Beauty and the Beast open this past weekend, or was that yeah. a week ago? That was this past weekend. Okay. Beauty and the Beast open. Oh. Didn't see it. Yeah. I, I, I saw the it. one that wasn't with people, but with uh, drawed draw people. Draw draw people. people. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the one with drawed people. I haven't I seen the one with drawed people. people. See, I'm a professional thing- drawder. I know about these things. <laughs> The, the advantage of for me of the one with drawed people over the one with with people people is that my daughter will not be terrified by the one with drawed people. Yeah. Whereas I cannot see her like the first time that like it's like a real beast, like a real actual. She's beast. afraid of the drawed beast. She uh. is afraid of the drawed beast. I can't see her being okay with that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. We're we're doing Beauty and the Beast this summer for outdoor theater, and we had a, a promo at our theater. Um, our movie theater when the movie came out and our beast was in his beast costume and I tried to introduce Charlie to Belle and the Beast because I know Charlie's all about Belle and all about princesses but the minute she saw that beast in that costume she was very scared and uh, (laughs) I could not convince her to talk to Belle. Now to be fair they don't have the actual beast costume yet (laughs) so the beast head is a giant like (laughs) Halloween mask it's Like, like it's oh, like the cartoon beast face. That's always smiling and like doesn't have <laughs> eye holes or a mouth hole. And it's that big smile that the beast gets where like his, his teeth are like jutting out and he has that big goofy yeah. like, hey, <laughs> hey it, it it's looks, me the beast. It looks like something one might ironically wear in like a Joker heist. Exactly. <laughs> <type> situation. <laughs> that that it, it's really only scary if you're also dressed in like I don't know, bloody coveralls and you're holding a machete. Like our it's actually beast was pretty not goofy. wearing our that. beast was not. <laughs> that would have been a whole new movie from the movie theater and get them to the real theater. I, I think it's the, been interesting. The dark gritty reboot of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> that they'll do that eventually. With oh. cartoon Wolverine is the beast. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's the next Bell wears a leather jacket or something. <laughs> I, I've been, I haven't seen it yet either. I've been excited because I like Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's hard for me because Beauty and the Beast and Belle specifically was one of my favorite Disney princesses. It used to be mm-hmm. my favorite. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older, while I still like the music and stuff, and I think it was a fine a fine animated feature a fine drawed picture a fine drawed a fine drawed film <laughs> i 
I like as I've aged, I have begun to less appreciate Belle as my favorite princess because I think in the beginning it was like, oh, it's a princess who likes to read. That's so novel <laughs> that they would let a woman read in a princess movie. I I became immediately attached to her. Like, oh, but this one reads though. I read. I read. <laughs> so this it, one's more like me. <laughs> doesn't that bum you out that there was a boardroom, like what was that, probably like 20, 30 years ago, where some guy was like, no, 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 but here's the thing. She loves books. And everyone was like, whoa. whoa. Oh, man. And you know, push that envelope. <laughs> I know there are a couple people who are like, ooh, ah, ooh. That's a little risque. Can, can she also like shoes? No, 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 just books. Ah, I don't know. But she still looks really good in a big dress, right? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and she's also like built just like a Disney princess. And also she's the most beautiful girl in all of the town and everyone knows it. So don't worry. <laughs> and they have to make a point to say she's the most beautiful girl in the whole town because she also reads. So they have to compensate for the fact that she's also smart. <laughs> well, that, that's it. And then the song, it's almost like it's kind of ridiculous. It's like, oh, it's such a shame. She's so beautiful, but she reads books. She reads. <laughs> <laughs> Which like... What does Belle do all day? Because she's technically 17. Like, it doesn't seem like that. She obviously seems much older. But Disney canon is she is 17 years old in that movie. What does she do all day other than, like, go to the library and get a book? But obviously she's reading the same books over and over again (laughs) because I don't have any new books because she's read them all. I mean, she, like, talks to geese and stuff. I understand why people (laughs) in the neighborhood were troubled by her. But I don't think it was the (laughs) reading. She teaches the sheep to read. Oh, they're sheep. That's it. I kept waiting. Like, I assumed somehow in my memory of the movie, she helped her dad. And, like, that was what I I thought I remembered was, like, well, doesn't she help with inventions and stuff? Like, she's a young engineer. Isn't that, like, what we're supposed to glean? But I think that my, I think time, like, put, like, my mind. I confabulated. I confabulated that. That's not, I don't think that that's actually what happens. In the musical script, he's like, hey, come turn this on for me so I can see if it works. (laughs) So she, like, pulls a lever and it works and she's like wow it works great job dad still more mechanical than the previous disney princesses i think you could make the case Hmm. but i don't think you'd say she's as mechanical as like (laughs) betty cooper yeah Yeah, but maybe beating beating out ariel brushing her hair with a fork yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i was gonna say ariel's always my favorite but she has some deep deep flaws when it comes to the understanding of basic basic things in life (laughs) just basic basic things now she's part fish to be fair like, so some somebody pointed it out I, I will not take credit for it it was like a buzzfeed article or something that like what did she think her her dad had as his trident just a giant hairbrush <laughs> <laughs> that's so true <laughs> well he did have all that hair all that long white flowing like hair and beard it's and it true. all became one thing <gasps> is our dad just, just traveled with his, his necessarily st- styling gear okay <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we're talking about Princesses. princesses um and exactly and not just we'll, we'll talk not just about disney princesses although a lot of them but are a lot that. about them a lot of them are that uh but i think the princesses are like a nice little cultural touchstone to look at to see kind of the way more so women historically mainly women but more but the way they're kind of like represented what they're supposed to what young women are supposed to connect to I think that like when you see 
different how princes have changed over time you see like this is what young girls of this era would have looked up to and admired and wanted to be like and therefore wanted to watch and buy products related to and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it, it's interesting because it reflects a shift from like certainly the era before Taylor and I and then when Absolutely. we were younger and then moving on to your generation, which is a whole new ball game now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where princesses exploded to mean all kinds of things, I think. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's kind of intimidating when you reach the age of some of these princesses because when you're like, you know, five or six and you're looking at all these princesses like, wow, they're so old, they're so pretty, I don't look just like them. Then you realize they're all supposed to be like the oldest one I think is probably 21 and all of them are mostly between the ages of like 15 and 18 and you're like, wow, hmm. Which is rough since so many of the early ones, like the goal was like marry them off. Yeah, uh, pretty much all of them get married at some point in a movie, and all of them are pretty much under the age of 18. The Ariel's, what, 16? Is she 16? I yeah. think so. I, okay. These were not things that, that now, occurred these are to not, me These are not then. points in the movie. Like, they make a point of saying she is 16 years old, or, like, I don't think it's very obvious that she's 16, but canon, she is 16, which means that these people writing these stories are like yeah she's a 16 year old girl and also she's getting married to a prince so like you know it's fine <laughs> he's probably like late 20s she's 16 it's fine it's fine well, it was all set in the you know that time period in that place so where it was okay. it was fine for 16 year old mermaids to marry like 30 year old <laughs> men i mean you also some of these fall like well, that one some of these you have to look at the time period they're actually being made like i'm kind yeah. of amazed to see snow white was put out in 1937 that's crazy. Yeah. Like, like That's Cinderella was 1950. So we're dealing with time periods where, you know, to have a girl, I think, a, a young female protagonist with any agency at all, I hate to say would have been somewhat revolutionary, but I, I don't think that's too far off the path. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And that's why I think it's easy for us to look back at the original, the classic, so to speak, like Disney princesses, and pretty pretty like uniformly say okay well these stories are problematic yeah i mean snow white sleeping beauty yeah cinderella cinderella i mean snow white especially like um i was reading it to charlie charlie has like this giant book of teeny little abbreviated disney stories Mm -hmm. and they're just like a very shortened condensed version of all the movies which is very like also jarring to read as as someone who's seen them and like knows the stories. It's like, well, that just oh, and then okay, they live happily ever after. How did that just happen? So it's it's a very strange book. But the Snow White story, I was reading it to her, and it's been forever since I've seen this movie. But it says specifically the prince had heard tell of like a young woman asleep in a glass coffin. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get on that. She is hot and she comes with a glass coffin. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get my lips on that half dead girl. (laughs) I just, I can't imagine the scenario where you're like, hey, hey, prince. Hey, bro, prince bro. Guess what I heard about? (laughs) A 14-year-old girl asleep in a glass coffin in the middle of the woods. Surrounded yeah. by seven dudes. Yeah, this, this, this sounds like a story that dad would tell us about from the news. <laughs> like, you won't believe the horrible <laughs> thing that happened that I'm going to upset you and now tell you about. Like, this is how it would start. Oh, man. Instead, it's a fairy tale. Yeah. Uh, and, and, that's, and then that's easy for us to look back at and say, like, well, you know, there's some issues here. First of all, like, uh, she just falls asleep and then a guy kisses her without permission. He doesn't ask consent. 
he just kisses her. She's in a coffin. I don't it's, know what we're supposed to make of that. <laughs> happens more than once in Disney stories. Like the, the likelihood of a prince kissing you when you're asleep, if you're a hot, hot lady, is very high in the Disney high. universe. <laughs> Like, and, you know, there's also this weird thing that happens because it's like, you know, the, the huntsman doesn't kill Snow White because she's so beautiful. And then like these dudes just can't <laughs> help kissing these ladies because they're so beautiful, which is like, what would have happened if these girls would have been like, I don't know, sevens, like, <laughs> <laughs> like their I'll beauty solves their problems average. for them more often than not. Yeah. I mean, back then you could just like go ahead and if they were really hot, you could just kiss them. Nowadays, you got to take them furniture shopping first. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i couldn't help myself uh anyway so that's obviously that's a problem and then so it's easy for me to look back and go well, i never would have connected to a princess like that like why am i like man my hope someday is that i'm hot enough that if i fall asleep in a glass I'm, coffin in the middle of the woods a man will kiss me against my will and then marry me no and I, I yeah and i certainly don't want to cook and clean for seven minors but I mean, look, yeah. you, you, you kind of have to put it on redux. Like, what, what were the skills of your original, your, your sort of archetype Disney princesses? They were beautiful. They were uh, good, good cleaners. They, you know, they like, the, there was a lot of cleaning involved in their life, for sure. And they had, they, they slept or had no agency. And they're like, they had no power. They, they were completely passive. Like, that was... They were rarely were, cross. They were really I mean, qualities that maybe there's a undercurrent of things that young girls should have at that time I, I think that's true I think you're right I think that what we're putting a premium on is being like polite and quiet and dutiful and lovely to look at and those yeah, would yeah. have been important maybe the only thing that you would have expected of women at that time in history and I think if you look at like so Sleeping Beauty came next right I, yeah, yeah. I don't, 1959 yeah. yeah and actually interesting all three of these movies have something else in common. You know what that is? What? A woman of power is the evil force in all three situations. Mm -hmm. Evil stepmother. We've got Mal Maleficent. We've got um, the, uh, what's the evil queen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the all, evil all, queen and Snow White. You have a representation of women with agency as evil beings. And you have, and you have like, and Snow White, like her whole problem is that somebody's prettier than her. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like she's willing to murder because somebody is prettier than her because a mirror told her that. Um, I think it's interesting that in some of these descriptions of the Disney princesses, Disney has come out like in response to people saying they're like anti-feminist women, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and Disney said about most of them the same thing, which is, they are kind, sweet, and respectful, encouraging children to be a friend to all. Which, <laughs> I mean, that's great. Like, don't get me wrong. I think it's great that, obviously, all three of these princesses also had, like, a, I mean, a great affinity for forest creatures. <laughs> they all, like, had fun songs with animals. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> I think we can assume that they all were very good to animals. Mm -hmm. Don't Maybe. all Disney princesses have an animal sidekick? Yes, all of them do. I'm very confident in this act. Elsa? I guess Elsa and Anna don't. Unless no, they have a snowman. She makes out of snow. They have, a, yeah. they have Olaf. And, and Olaf kind of counts. Are you sure? I mean, but, okay. There's a reindeer. 
Does Aurora have like a bird or something? <laughs> well, I mean, all the all three of them could like sing to birds and animals, and they'd come yeah. to them, right? <laughs> I guess that's true. Make clothes for them. I don't know. The important thing about Aurora is that she definitely fell asleep and definitely got smooched. Yeah. So well, right, she fulfilled well, her job. Um, and and Cinderella, I guess, I guess Belle's <laughs> animal sidekick is her husband. <laughs> right <laughs> like yeah i think so and then and then of course cinderella she didn't have to fall asleep because she had the uh much more important attribute of small feet mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> she was pleasant also birds important? birds liked her she could make dresses mm-hmm. she was excellent at cooking and cleaning yeah we have to assume she had lots of practice right right um, she had a fairy stepmother. Yes, do everything for. Her. Mm-hmm. It's like you get with her, you get that too. Do you no? Do you get the fairy stepmother? I think you do. Wait, right? Or the fairy godmother? Fairy godmother. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Do she you, like turned a pumpkin godmother? into a carriage and some mice into horses for her. But like, is she? Isn't she done? Like her wish came true. She got to marry a prince. So that's done. Like her life. Like, once you marry a prince, that's all you need, right? You're never sad again. That's all. (laughs) She can, like, call call her stepmother back or godmother back. Like, I got some postpartum depression going on. Like, you want to help me out with that? You want to make me a, make this gourd into a Ferrari or something? (laughs) Stepmothers or grandmother, godmother's like, aw. (laughs) Can I tell you, too? I don't, I don't know what happened to these princesses after the story, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of things you could reference for that, but one of the things, Charlie has these books that you can watch on TV, like you flip the pages by clicking your little Apple TV mote and read through a book, and they have songs in them, and one of them is a princess tea party, and oh, it's the worst. She found it, and she likes it, because there's lots of pictures of princesses having tea parties, but there are all these songs about having a perfect tea party and how you have to, like, it's the most important thing a princess can do. And you have to take your time to make sure everything's perfect so that your guests are so happy and your prince will be pleased and your tea must be perfect and you must cross your feet like this and you'll never say this and you dab your napkin like this. And it's just the worst. And that's what I imagine, like, all these early princesses, like, they get married off, they go live in the castle, and then they're just, like, sitting there like, another tea party great it's another day another tea party i'm so happy thanks like even the birds leave eventually they're like oh i don't know what's up with aurora but i gotta bounce (laughs) she's getting weird um have you all ever seen the after ever after i think is what they're called videos on youtube it's, I was actually, it's, it's funny you say that. Is it the one with the, the one guy that sings about them or the gr- group of yeah. girls that are dressed up as the princesses? Because there are a couple there. Well, both. I, I know the one you're talking about, the song that the uh, Elsa sings. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, with all the princesses kind of being lost in their, their boring princessly yeah. lives after they've been married off. Yeah, yeah that song is like Elsa telling all the princesses you what's wrong with them yeah. and yeah. why they don't need a man. And then there's one where it's a guy who's written and he gets, there's two of them. So there's eight. There's four in each. What happens to the princesses after the movie ends? They're really funny, really good. Yeah, too. No, they are. They're 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 dark, but they're they're good. Yeah. Or we could just reference Into the Woods for some of these stories. That's well, true. That's true. That. Cinderella, really, <laughs> the just only that. one. <laughs> Rapunzel's in there, but yeah, all Rapunzel does is cry. <laughs> well. <laughs> 
And I think I think we've kind of like that generation of princesses. I remember like growing up with those stories and thinking like their dresses were pretty and not much else because I couldn't connect to those. Those weren't dreams I had for myself. I didn't connect to those women because they're they're. I think you could hardly argue that they're fully fleshed out, realized mm-hmm. people in their roles. And so I think what came up, what came about in our our generation was what they usually call like the Disney Renaissance of princesses. Mm-hmm. Right. So started off with a uh, Little Mermaid in uh, nineteen eighty nine. So I was alive for this one. That was that was the one that defined Taylor, I think. Yes. Um, well, but you really, I think, like what, like I think when we say the Disney Renaissance of princesses, where we've got Ariel in nineteen eighty nine, we've got Belle in nineteen ninety one, we've got Jasmine in nineteen ninety two, you've got Pocahontas in ninety five, like Mulan what in ninety eight. What do you think happened in there? Where they took a thirty year break from fifty nine to eighty nine, where they decided to switch it up from Aurora to Ariel, where they put out they put out Disney movies, but no princess movies. Uh, it, there was a lot of financial issues that had to do with that, mm. and I don't. I, Justin has told me this once. He he read a book about it, and he told me a very long story about it, and he knows the answer. <laughs> so ask Justin sometime. Okay. But it had to do with like financial stuff yeah. and the will to do it again, and right. you know. Well, but I think you can you can take those those '90s princesses, and I'm including Ariel, even though it's December of '89, and like oh, they all. Yeah. They all kind of have a similar theme behind them. I mean, we're talking Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, Pocahontas, and Mulan. And I can't help but, like, compare this to, this was also the era of the Spice Girls, where I think we kind of put a new (laughs) shiny coating on feminism, where it's like, you can have dreams and goals and aspirations and look pretty in a dress. (laughs) 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 We're ready to go all the way, but we were ready to kind of get there, especially with the early ones, you know, like Ariel, Belle, and Jasmine to a certain extent. That's true. It was a very, um, it, it was a very benign feminism. Like right. it was not a feminism designed to scare anyone. It wasn't to get, you know, we're not trying to like get in your face about it. We're just like, we're a little cooler than we used to be. And sometimes we like to go on treasure hunts. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's like, I love Ariel, but you know, like it's kind of, yeah, you look in your back, you look back at your favorite when you're older and more capable of judging it like mm, that's problematic like yeah she wanted to go on adventures and so she married a prince and had a baby in a kingdom that is like 10 feet from where she grew up oh okay mm-hmm. <laughs> good and job her baby, is, is her baby half mermaid as well her, your baby's like, like a half baby, mermaid there's like a half like... mermaid story there <laughs> <laughs> right her, her baby wants to go back to the sea yeah oh, her sea daughter baby. her daughter goes back to the sea because she likes the sea life sea baby yeah just like moana but like i mean and and uh, you know knowing like the the story that the little mermaid is based on the original fairy tale yeah is more upsetting yeah yeah Um, (laughs) which i guess is the original similar to the musical once on this island i think which is where like a girl falls in love with someone who she can't be with a prince and then she dies and turns into sea foam yeah yeah the princess kills herself yeah little mermaid kills herself if you are beautiful enough, you will just turn into foam upon your death. That is what <laughs> <laughs> Which is not like something to strive for. Yeah. No. No. Um, but it's, it is funny because then I, because like with like Beauty and the Beast, I really did. Was, like we've talked about when Belle was first introduced, it was like, oh, she's 
clever and she's different and she's weird and she doesn't fit in. That's me. That's me all over. <laughs> and she reads. Oh, I read all the time. And she reads books over again. That's totally me. <laughs> like it felt like, oh, finally a princess for me. But then like the the whole, the, my problem with it is that as I look back, I think one of my favorite parts in Beauty and the Beast is when she does the little, um, when she does the reprise where she does the, Through the I, dandelions I and she's like out on the field, like the looking wistfully out of our cliff, that whole thing. Yeah. And it's like, I, I want adventure, but I'll settle for marrying a former jerk prince who became a jerk beast, who then became a nice beast, who then killed a dude. And then I'm cool with, I mean, you kind of ate. It was an accident. Yeah. 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 Um, I also, doing Beauty and the Beast, have had a lot of time to look at the chronology of the story. And I have some questions because the rose is supposed to lose its final petal on his 21st birthday. Like that is when the curse is final. Mm -hmm. And so obviously we're coming up on his 21st birthday in the plot of Beauty and the Beast because the thing is that the rose is about to lose its last petal and they're all going to be like this forever. Um, But also in Be Our Guest, Lumiere says 10 years we've been resting, which means they've been under the spell for 10 years, which means he got the spell put on him when he was like 11 years old. Right? So he was like a major jerk when he was 11. Or well, you open but- <laughs> up your door as an 11-year-old and there's a creepy old woman standing there like, hey, can I come in? And you're like, no. <laughs> I mean, but this is also the time period when like princes became kings at like 12, 13 years old. So I think there was just different, you know, different ages for, for different uh, different qualifications at that point. I think like, that's true. and th- But this is also a question I had the last time we watched it because I've watched it more recently with Charlie. This is the king, like, this is the castle. So this is, like, the local, like, the local monarch. And this is their prince. And this is their prince. And nobody's like, yo, whatever happened to that (laughs) prince? the prince and, like, the king (laughs) and, like, that whole royal thing that was happening. Like, our leadership. Like, I mean, it would be like if all of a sudden, you know... I can't even use the corollary with our current president. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like the person in leadership, like, all of a sudden vanishes from from human sight and locks the doors to the White House. White House. And you never hear anything. You're not like, well, well, I I mean, must be more in this provincial life. Gotta keep baking (laughs) that bread. I don't, but you you look at the the way this business is structured. Like, you know, they make their bread, other people (laughs) buy it, other people make ale, then they buy it. Like, I don't think that the king has very much to do with it. I think that, you know, like, if your mayor turned into a beast and locked the doors to the the capital, not even the capital, the The (laughs) capital. (laughs) He took over the capital. However smart that works. Would you know? Would you really notice for a while? I feel like everything would just kind of keep going. He'd be like, we haven't heard from him. He hasn't increased taxes in a while, huh? He hasn't been around to collect them. Well, that's cool. Great. No problem. No, 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 <laughs> did, no did problem Gaston, for me. Did, did Gaston become king? Did he just assume the role? Uh, no. What? Even from a young age, did he like, just assume the role? He, well, so he, well, he did lead a vigilante mob there, so... You know. I mean, I don't think that I don't think he was king. I just think he was a very muscly guy, so people followed him. <laughs> Gaston was interim prince. He was quite loud. Um, well, I want to keep talking about princesses yes. and muscly men, <laughs> but what we got to talk about first? We got to talk about the Max Fun Drive. Whoop, whoop. So this is our Max Fun Drive 2017. Now, what is that? You may be wondering. Well, I, I am wondering. Tell me, Sydney. Well, I hope you're not wondering because we've done this before. <laughs> uh, 
Max Fun is a network of podcasts that is supported by you, the listener. Yeah. And as a result, once a year, we try to put together some of some of our best exciting shows, uh, and during them, ask you to to help us out. If you like our show, if you like the other shows on our network, we ask that you consider maybe donating to our network so that we can keep uh, making making this great content. Yeah. Um, if you're already a member, maybe you already uh, became a regular donating member of Max Fun. Maybe this would be a great moment to upgrade your membership as well. Yeah. Um, Why should we donate? That's a that's a great question, Sydney. Um, you should donate because you're supporting our show and all the shows you like. So when you donate, you get to tell Max Fun all the shows you love, and then you're supporting all the shows you love. Um, when you donate, you feel awesome every time you listen to all of the shows you love. You'll help us reach our goal of 10,000 new and upgrading members, which I think we've already hit 5,000. Yeah. It's like we're halfway there. But that doesn't mean you should give no, up. No, no, no. That does not mean you should give up. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I think Travis is like going to get a tattoo on his butt, right? Uh, I've been told that was a joke and we're not to encourage that myth anymore. <laughs> Wait, are, also we, put are that we getting there. stupid tattoos for good reasons? I'm in. I got most of my stupid tattoos for dumb reasons. I'll get my first tattoo. I'll do it. We will get a pigeon wearing a scrunchie. I'll get a pigeon wearing a scrunchie. I'm throwing in right now. I will get a pigeon wearing a scrunchie tattoo. I don't even care. I'll just get one anyway. I'm already going to get one. Never mind. (laughs) No, I'll get one one that matches you. We get to 10,000 people. I will get that tattoo and I will buy you Mm. one for you, Riley, for your 18th birthday. If we get 15,000. I will get one that matches Taylor. Okay. okay well, 10,000, I'm getting one. And I might get one anyway, but you should still donate. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we get if we get 15,000, I'll consider it. <laughs> I'll get it. Um, it just has to be small and discreet. Yeah. Small and discreet <laughs> pigeon scrunchie. Um, we also have great pledge gifts. Yeah. You get a gift every time you donate. So this is a, this is a great opportunity to, um, if you, if you're not a member, uh, to join Max Fun, if you're already a member, maybe to upgrade your membership if you can, because uh, then you get pledge gifts. So for five dollars a month, you get exclusive bonus content. Uh, we've already recorded our exclusive bonus episode, and you get access to all of the bonus content, not just the shows you listen to. Exactly, all and all the old ones too. Yeah, you get access to all of that. Uh, at $10 a month, this is something to get really excited about. You get a drive-exclusive enamel pen designed by Megan Lynn Cott. And she did our bandanas last year, which were great. And this year, our pens are great. Absolutely. So go check out. Look at all the pens. They're, they're gorgeous. There's all kinds of exciting ones. And you only get um, that if you donate $10 a month. I've also been made aware that if you donate $10 a month or above, at the end of the pledge drive, you will have the opportunity to purchase more pens, more than just the one you picked initially, uh, and the proceeds will be donated to charity. So if you donate $20 a month, you get the Keep in Touch kit, which is nine custom note cards plus envelopes, uh, a four-color rocket pen, a getting their rocket stamp, and a rocket-shaped candle. Um, and then if you donate $35 a month, you get a pair of rocket-engraved Max Fun beer mugs. I kind of want those. There's also a $100 per month Inner Circle, which is a monthly culture club, and a $200 per month free registration for Max Fun Con 2018. So there are all kinds of different levels uh, that you can donate if, you know, if, if you can, what, whatever yeah. whatever level suits you in, in your life best. And uh, whatever level you donate at, you get the gifts from the level below. So if you donate $35 a month, you get the beer mugs and the keep in touch kit and a pin and all the bonus content and so on and so forth. So 
what we're asking is for you to support Still Buffering, as well as all the other shows on the Maximum Fun Network, mm-hmm. by becoming a Maximum Fun monthly member. Uh, again, you can donate as little as $5 a month to become a monthly member. Uh, thank you if you already are a monthly member. We super appreciate it. It helps us to continue to make our shows and make our shows better. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. And again, if you're in a position to upgrade, this is probably the best time to do it. Because you'll get all the gifts. Exactly. So if you want to donate, sisters, either of you want to tell us where to go? Taylor, tell them where to go. If you want to donate, go to MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Um, it's maximumfund.org. You can select the membership level that is right for you, and you can just provide your credit card and some other basic info, including which Max Fund shows you want to you listen to, and voila, you're a member. Your donation will be processed automatically each month. You don't have to do anything else unless the card expires or you decide to cancel. So you should really go donate now, mm-hmm. and again, click the shows you listen to. Um, if you're listening right now, you listen to ours. So please so select ours. <laughs> please select ours, too. There you go. Um, and, uh, and help us keep making all this great content. Help us reach our goal of 10,000 new and upgrading donors. Um, do our, it now. Yeah. While it's on your mind. It's make, easy. make Riley get a tattoo. I was going to say, if we hit 15,000, so I'll get that pigeon scrunchie tattoo. I was going to say make Taylor get a tattoo, but... It. I think she's going to. I mean, no, no. 10,000 and I will. 100% will. Okay. All right. I believe you. I will. Now, uh, that era of princesses that when Taylor and I were growing up that we've kind of been talking about, Taylor, you you were reading something and you talked about some of the traits of that era. You said they were like feisty and adventurous. Yeah. I mean, they they had, I don't want to say a false sense of agency, but you kind of are introduced to all these characters as characters with individual goals, like, you know, Ariel and Belle wanted to go on adventures. Even Jasmine, she escaped from the castle on her own to experience life outside of those walls, you know, like, mm-hmm. you had a, now the one I will leave out of this, because, I mean, the two, actually, Pocahontas and Mulan, I don't think you can say that their their agency was removed by the end of their movie. I don't think that they got a prince and were happy with it. They're the two that actually did not end up with it. They ended up princeless. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so so i think we can separate like those latter two of the 90s and those initial three as people that came in they were so enticing because they were young women with goals and drives and dreams and yet by the end of their films they had settled for well i'm married yay <laughs> yeah i think i think that's a really good point because uh, pocahontas which came out later in like 95 really spoke to me at the time um in part because I was very much in my like I I had just that was my beginnings of being a hippie of being a tree hugging hippie <laughs> was back then and uh I and I thought like oh that being in touch with the earth thing really spoke to me and then at the same time I just thought Pocahontas like she thinks for herself and she doesn't listen to what other people tell her and she makes up her own mind and she was smart and brave and very strong and she did cool things like cliff dive Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> which which would scare the crap out of me i've done it once it scared the crap out of me i have no desire to do it again uh and and i and i admired all that and i thought she was strong and by the way the mu- music is amazing so mm-hmm. like yeah. there's there's always that and then mulan who very much lived in a man's world literally like literally she became a man yeah so yeah well any, which it, it, which Oh, go ahead. I uh, say it wasn't. It wasn't in response to anything to do with a man. Like she, you know, I mean, the the original myth it's based off of. It's purely that she took on a man's guise to 
to protect her family and to fight for her homeland. Like, it's a really mm-hmm. noble cause that is so much more than just, I want to go on an adventure. It's like, no, I got to protect, you know, the things I care about. Like, it's a very heroic. I think we talk about princesses and we talk about heroes as if they're separate things. But I think increasingly in the 90s, you see princesses that are more the hero of their stories, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And Mulan's kind it's- of the pinnacle of that. Yeah. I think I think that's true. It's still there's still like a like something that I think holds her back, which is that it's very the message is very much you have to be a man in like, order to succeed. Yeah, like that that the whole thing she does to be accepted, to be strong and powerful and brave and capable, she has to pretend to be a man, or else they will not accept that because those traits could certainly not exist in a woman. A woman is the right. is the idea, and that is very literally represented by. Well, she pretends to be a man, mm-hmm. um, which at the end, like they decide not to kill her. <laughs> like that's the reward she gets. Like, fine, we, we really should murder you now, but we won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not the variant, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. when they discover no, totally. her, that's what they first say. Like, because you saved the entire army, we'll, we won't murder you. We'll leave you to freeze. <laughs> well, and it's, Aww. it's also, it's even worse because it's almost like Disney couldn't leave well Before enough alone with both okay. of Pocahontas and Milan because then they made sequels where they just wanted to be like, but just so you know, they do end up with a dude. Just so you know, yeah. it does happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't worry. Pocahontas goes to England. She wears lots of pretty dresses and she marries a different John. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> There's another John. It's all cool. Which I will say, I have only seen, um, sadly, I've only seen a handful of the original Disney princess movies. Like mm-hmm. I've seen the original beauty and the beast and the little mermaid only since Charlie has been born because she likes them. Um, but other than that, I've seen Mulan and Rapunzel. <laughs> um, Which, but, um, and, and it's, and it's hard. I should, just one last note on Pocahontas. I do realize that it's, based loose very loosely that's what i was going to say is finding history. out the real story in history class behind uh yeah. Pocahontas. very loosely on history is life-changing and it's it's not clear how much of it like john smith made up and right yeah um now that takes us to the modern era the modern era modern. um which which i think just <laughs> it technically started in 2009 is when the princess and the frog came out tiana is yeah. when tiana mm-hmm um, and I've never seen that movie, but I know the basis, which is that her whole goal is having her own restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that, and so she, like I, I think she's the first Disney princess that maybe she ends up with a man, but her goal is the same the whole time. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like she's the first one that you get the full validation of like uh, a young woman that achieves her dreams and not, doesn't decide on different dreams because a man comes along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She kind of sees like, her whole issue with you know turning into a frog like she has to work with with this other guy who is also a frog in order to not be a frog anymore and they just happen to fall in love but when she's not a frog anymore she still continues to pursue her original dream right you learn the critical life lesson of sometimes you turn into a frog and have to work with other people who turn into frogs right Right. okay Um. (laughs) perfect (laughs) um and the next princess in the modern era is my favorite rapunzel it just came out what? a year year after, in now, 2010. Why? I have to know why. Um, okay, so here's my view on Rapunzel. A lot of people disagree with me, but this is what I think. So she's trapped in this tower, but she isn't aware that there's anything else out there other than these lights that she sees, and she does what she can to pursue what she wants, um, 
but she also while she's in this tower doesn't just like accept her fate of being stuck forever and like cry about it and like wish she was somewhere else um and rely on a man to get her out like while she's stuck in this tower she becomes such a well-rounded person like she's able to do <laughs> literally so many things there's a whole song about it at the beginning of the movie like all these new skills she has um so, she's so artistic and creative you lock so. a girl in a tower for until she's like i don't know 18 years old and she will become yeah. a well-rounded human is that the takeaway <laughs> well i mean <laughs> She doesn't just like, I don't know. I like that she doesn't just like whine about it. You know what if, I mean? Yeah, maybe the message is if you keep her away from men. I don't know. <laughs> but then she like takes this opportunity. And I don't think she leaves the castle or her tower just because it's a man that has come to help her. I think she sees anyone coming in as an opportunity to leave. And it uh-huh. was her decision to leave. And she kind of does what Anna does in Frozen almost, which is like, take me here and you don't have to worry about me ever again. Not like. I'm in love with you. Please take me with you. Mm-hmm. Like, this is where I want to go. And I just need you to help me get there. Um, and she, you know, finds out she's a princess. And What about the lack of shoes? What does that signify? I mean, <laughs> you know, that's that's a bit of an issue. But I, I do like that. about her feet. Because, like, yeah. she's been living in a tower. So I don't know that she's been able to develop, like, particularly rough calluses on the bottom of her feet. Mm-hmm. Like, you would expect if she'd been walking around out in the forest yeah. for, like, all of her. And then she starts walking around in the forest. And then she just starts wandering around the forest. And yeah. I keep thinking, like, ouch, pine cone. I'm just yeah. thinking chiggers. <laughs> I, <laughs> Little things that I think, throw up in your feet. <laughs> I think my favorite quality of Rapunzel's, though, is if you look at her weapon of choice, which is a frying pan, which you think is silly, and then you look into it, and a frying (laughs) pan, nope, hear me out, Uh a frying pan, which would symbolize, like, this symbol of, like, female oppression, almost, like, being put in the kitchen, and this is what you can do, is cook with a frying pan, then she uses it to knock a guy out, like, three times, and carries that with her as her way of defense. Mm-hmm. Like she's using like this symbol of anti-feminism and using it to beat up guys. I can, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, right. I can see what you're saying. Yeah. I'll follow you. Um, do you think? Do you think that these princesses are more like? Do you think they're following the way women think today, like young women today? I think more closely i still think there are probably some problems in all princess movies Mm -hmm. um i don't know about frozen and moana though i have to say those two most recent ones i don't see a lot of a lot of problematic areas it's it's interesting to me i think the thing that um i keep trying to figure out about frozen is that when i watched it as an adult i thought here is a powerful female i mean she's a queen right We've 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 moved past princess. princess. Anna is the princess. She exactly. is the queen. She is the queen. Elsa is a queen. And she is I mean, yes, she she's flawed. She's complex. She's not perfect. She's not rarely cross. <laughs> she's she's a very, you know, I mean, th- a character that is usually reserved for men mm-hmm. played by a woman, you know, somebody who is not all good necessarily because i mean she does some things that you could say were are not not objectively good uh but my daughter is way more drawn to anna Anna than elsa the princess because she's kind of like what you said about the early princesses she's happy she's cheerful she's friend to all she's relentlessly positive she works really hard to help out she doesn't give up she doesn't get frustrated yeah I think the other 
the other positive side of Frozen, though, while I do see some problems in that area, is that so, sort of the flip side of Beauty and the Beast, where you see the Beast and he appears, you know, frightening, and then it, it turns out he's just, you know, been cursed for so many years, and he turns out to be a prince, and he's nice, and he loves Belle. But then you have Hans in Frozen, who looks like the typical prince who mm-hmm. the princess falls yeah. in love with and is great, and he turns out to be the villain. So it's kind of the opposite of the beast in a sense where you're judging a book by its cover and you think he's going to be the perfect prince but really he's the villain of the movie yeah where where he's trying to make it out to be this powerful woman is the villain of the movie because Mm -hmm. she shouldn't have as much power as he does because she's a woman yeah and i think that's really the the key for me because i think that it as i mentioned before some of the earliest disney movies you have the idea of a powerful woman always going hand in hand with a villain and you have that up through like ariel with ursula you have that in uh in rapunzel with her mother like you have that Mm -hmm. a woman with agency with too much agency with too much power is inevitably evil and i think that the importance of a character like elsa is that you have that evil queen archetype and i think by presenting her alongside um Anya, Anna, that it's kind of like it shows you a range of female capabilities, female powers. Mm-hmm. I think Anna's power are that she she is relentlessly positive. Anybody else would have given up on her mission, given yeah. what she was up against. I think the first time you fall into that frozen river and your dress is a sheet of ice, you just lay down and go, <laughs> "Never mind." <laughs> like you have to admire that that's a cer- certain kind of power, just the same as what Elsa has. And I think that that's what I love mm-hmm. about that movie is that it really does shake up those sort of archetype characters. You do have the handsome prince who looks good on the outside, who's evil on the inside, very much against the Disney trope that ugly people are evil and beautiful people are good. You have yeah. the powerful queen who is also capable of extreme goodness. I think that these are really important subverting things that that, that movie did. And I think at the end of the movie is the most important where you can say there are some problems with Anna's character, kind of there being a lack of character almost in the beginning. She has the option of either running towards Kristoff and saving herself and kissing her true love or saving her sister who's about to get killed by Mm -hmm. Hans. And And she goes and saves her sister, sacrificing herself and dying and and sacrificing herself. Yeah. But I mean, then, you know, it turns out this was her act of true love, but she didn't know that going in. She thought this is, she's going to die, but she's saving her sister. Mm-hmm. And she chooses that over love. Yeah, I like that all the saving is done by the princesses, yeah. princess and queen, whatever. All the saving is done by them. All the, right. all the, right. the healing is done by them. And I think the most uh, recent example of that, where that's kind of brought in, where all the saving is done by the females and they're not even being men involved at all is Moana, mm-hmm. where there's no prince. There's no love interest. There's no one trying to save her. She realizes that she has these powers and she's drawn to kind of save her whole community mm-hmm. and break the mold that she's supposed to fit into and go out and save everybody for herself because she feels it's what she's supposed to do. So mm-hmm. she does it and she succeeds without the help of anyone else, really. Which is which is so, I mean, there are so many things you could say about Moana, about like the, I love the idea again of a character that def- like kind of defies her parents and decides like I have to do what's right for me mm-hmm. and I have to follow my own path and I can't necessarily do what I'm supposed to do because again that that character traditionally was a guy yeah. and like that's not certainly not a young girl right. and so that's I think that's very powerful I think that uh, um 
I guess this isn't Moana spoiler in case anybody hasn't seen it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this whole episode has been spoilers for all the princess movies, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I, mean, true. I don't think anybody's like, you know what I got to do? I got to go back and watch Cinderella because I don't know how that ends. <laughs> but but I think I think like at the end when she puts the heart back into feeding, like gives the mother back her heart because without her heart, she was this raging lava monster and like there there was a lot like as an adult that i found like powerful about that moment and as a as a woman and as a mother and as like a i don't know i felt like there was they were there was a lot more to be said there and and then beyond all that i have seen moana attract a lot more both young girls and young boys Mm -hmm. and that's one of the problems all these other movies we've talked about all these other characters we've talked about were really i mean it was a very gendered view Mm -hmm, of this is what a girl is and this is who would like it period this is for girls and this is and we're defining girls this way this is the only thing that can be girl and this is a girl and this is for girls and I, i even in frozen while i think there are many wonderful things to say about it you still don't move past that i think that there are you could see a character like Moana as being just a powerful, inspirational character. Yeah. Period. And I like that in her character where you kind of see Mulan Mulan as having to take on the qualities of a man in order to succeed. Moana, they didn't make her character out to be where she's trying to act like a man or someone she isn't. Mm -hmm. She almost takes these qualities of herself that you could say are female these Mm -hmm. feminine qualities of being able to see the good in people and trying to follow and find a problem and fix it without just using brute force whereas you Mm -hmm. have um um maui maui trying to just kill taka and get the heart back to tafiti yeah you have moana who's looking at taka and saying this isn't just someone who's evil this is tafiti this is the good and you have to give her back the good to find the good Mm -hmm. so it's almost she's she realizes she has all these qualities that maybe in previous Disney movies made the females like weak or needing rescuing. And she takes them and does it to solve her own problems. You know, and I, I think Disney's smart and they, they, they not too long ago started releasing some of the studio Ghibli movies made by uh, Hayao Miyazaki. And if you want to kind of look at movies that were being made parallel towards all these Disney movies that have a lot more in common with Moana than any of the previous Disney films, Miyazaki's films have always championed strong, resilient female characters that don't necessarily have to be female. They've had audiences that are broad, that are not focused on women. They're they're you know they're national treasures, and you have movies like like you know Nashka, Valley of the Wind and uh, Howl's Moving Castle and uh, Mononoke Hime, of course, like. Movies with consistent, strong female protagonists that I think Disney kind of looked at what was so successful about that and said, hey, maybe maybe we need to reshuffle the formula a bit because Moana very much felt to me something akin to one of those movies where it's so much more about an individual's journey. That individual happens to be a female, but it has very little to do with her, her femininity. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a really good point. And I also think we've talked a lot about like the villains in some of these past movies as being like a powerful woman has to be evil. And I think you have to draw some corollary to the ending of Moana where the villain, so to speak, the lava monster Teka is again a power uh, seen as powerful, evil woman, mm-hmm. but instead of killing her, defeating her, defying her, 
she rescues her. Mm-hmm. Right. Which and I turns think her is, back into another powerful woman. Yeah. But at, in which, which, which is also, I think, a really important message that we that we we don't emphasize enough um, for your generation, Riley. Like a transition from mine, where I think Tay, you and I grew up during like the, I don't know. I can remember lots of messages being sent to us about like be careful of other women. You know, oh, absolutely. Other women are out to get you, and I mean, it was very. And we've talked about this on the show before. We brag about the idea that like I'm only friends with boys. You know, you can't trust girls like that. Mm-hmm. That very like women are deceptive women are obviously going to stab each other in the back you know women are you've got to beat out other women it's not you're trying to be the best woman not just be your best but like you have to beat other women to get somewhere and more and more we're trying you know we're moving away from that and and it's important to push the narrative that we are all stronger by helping each other Mm -hmm. that when we lift our our sisters up we lift ourselves up and you know that that they're that woman on woman (laughs) Girl on girl violence is, yeah. is not well, helpful. And, and we can't talk about princesses. I mean, I know we're focusing on Disney, but my favorite princess, uh, Princess Skino Usagi, um, Sailor Moon, like talk about a show that embraces the idea of, of women working together, women of all different mm-hmm. intelligence levels, of different qualities, different strengths and weaknesses. Like, you know, that's that's. I think there's a yeah. reason that young girls of our generation were so drawn to that. And I think it's because they needed something like that. They wanted to see that. They didn't want to see that the only way you could be the good girl is if you're weak and you're meek and you talk to animals or whatever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You could be someone with power and with flaws and still be not Mm -hmm. only a good guy, but become, you know, like truly like your own hero. Yeah. I think that's an excellent point. I think. Can can we include Princess Leia? Yeah. Well, that's She's what I was going to say. A Disney princess now. I think that, you know, with, with Disney taking over the Star Wars universe, and then we've also got, you know, the Wonder Woman movie on the horizon, we've got a lot of strong female princesses that I think should be heralded mm-hmm. as like, like they should be the toys for our, our generation of little girls. They should be our, our next little heroes. Yeah, I, th- I think it, it's, um, it was really exciting for me. I saw the Wonder Woman trailer that came out and cause she's a princess. So she counts. Yeah, I cried. And, uh, <laughs> I, and mm-hmm. I, well, I, I, I started to watch it and then I grabbed Charlie and I said, watch this with me. Cause I thought it starts with the little girl. Mm-hmm. She likes little girls cause mm-hmm. she is, you know, she likes looking at other kids. She get you know, I think that's a kid thing. They just like yeah. seeing other kids. So it starts with, with little Diana. And so she starts to watch it and she actually watched the entire trailer. And at the end she yelled, go Wonder Woman. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to get my kid to watch this movie. And it was very exciting for me because if that is her idea, if, if, if princess can both mean I look great in this ball gown and I have great tea parties and I also sometimes, you know, like save the universe and end a war and carry around a, you know, a lasso that makes people tell the truth. Like that's, that's a really cool range of what a princess can be and then therefore that's a range of what she can be you know because those messages are very they're very concrete when you're young absolutely uh one of my all-time favorite quotes and it's by gail simone who's one of the you know like i think seminal female comic book writers of our of our era um about wonder woman she said if you need to stop an asteroid you call superman if you need to solve a mystery you call batman but if you need to end a war you call wonder woman <laughs> just like <laughs> like i love that i think that you know i'm so happy to see the character get like i hope it i you know i obviously we don't know what the movie's going to be like but 
it it is cool even to have a female superhero get her own movie and you know she happens to be a princess so we can talk about her but like that's huge for for our our lifespan i think i think you're i think you're right and it's i again i think that like we we've talked a lot in this episode about the idea of these characters as defining us and our our youths and like how we look at ourselves and at each other because these movies were very much pushed on young girls i mean it was very much like i said an idea it was a very gendered idea but i think it it would be really amazing because i looked up to plenty of male characters there Mm -hmm. are plenty of of when i look back through like movies and tv and cartoons and books i mean i wanted to be the bob the builder i didn't want to be (laughs) Wayne. exactly there there were lots of male characters i mean i i hawkeye pierce from mash is who i want to be ultimately so I, i i've never had a problem i've never felt conflicted about looking up to and admiring and trying to embody the characteristics of a powerful fictional male character likewise men should not feel and young boys should not feel that they cannot look up to a powerful character that inspires them or moves them or they think is cool or funny or whatever and not feel they can connect to them because that character happens to be a woman and my hope is that with some of these like breaking the mold characters who are complex and have either multifaceted and there's a lot more that they do and say than just one thing that you can start to to do that and we can all look up to each other for each other's characteristics and and not just you know no more pink movies and blue movies yeah right what i think that that you know hopefully on down the line that even has a a broader opening of like who can be your princesses and who can be your heroes i think that you know the idea that it's always even like with the you know gender with the you know with the race like i think that there's so many it's not just a hero to serve this particular aspect of of the population but that it's just a really well written really well made hero movie or series and it what they happen to be doesn't matter so much Mm -hmm. oh also elena of avalor is the best princess ever (laughs) nope i almost forgot (laughs) thank you Sorry, I almost forgot. Disney has all these TV shows now with princesses. Sophia and Elena are technically princesses. Yeah, and Elena of Avalor is awesome, and she's the crown princess. She's not ruling the kingdom yet because she's young, but she is ready to rule, as the song from the first episode will tell you. But anyway, she's amazing, and she's tough, and she's strong, and she's also kind of arrogant and hot-headed, and like anything that she thinks, like she thinks she can do anything, like... Oh, I'm going to win this fencing competition. And they're like, well, but you're only okay. And she's like, okay, I'm going to win it anyway. You're only okay. And I love it. And she does. And I love it because it's like, this is a character we haven't seen before. A, a princess who's kind of a little brash, but she's still incredibly smart and clever. And she's a, works well in a team and she's a leader and she knows how to like delegate authority like you're really good at that you take so over he's buddy getting really excited she's diplomatic she's, so she's political she's amazing she's she's one of the best seriously if you're not watching elena of avalor which you're probably not <laughs> children's if you're tv not, show watch one episode watch the dia de, dia de los muertos episode and tell cry. me you're not you don't cry and you're not moved by this amazing character that is elena of avalor that's my last pitch for you okay. all right <laughs> we all have homework yeah um, before we go, I want to tell everyone one last time about the Max Fun Drive. That's right. So 
again, if you if you enjoy what we do here at the Maximum Fun Network, and if you enjoy what we do specifically on this podcast, that's still buffering. That's what you're listening to right now. In case you forgot, it's okay. I'm here to remind you. Um, <laughs> why don't you consider if you're in a position to uh, supporting us? If you're not. A donor, we would encourage you to become a monthly donor. We have have levels of five, ten, twenty, thirty five dollars a month, whatever, whatever you can do. We we super appreciate it. It helps us make our shows. It helps us make our shows better. Um, if you're already a donor and maybe you're in a position to this year upgrade your membership, this is a wonderful time to do so because yeah. we have all kinds of cool gifts that we've already told you about all kinds of bonus content from all the shows. Once you donate, you have access to what, when you become a monthly donor, you have access to all the bonus content from all the shows. There's tons of great stuff back there that we've done through the years. So our bonus episode this year is particularly one I would recommend listening to. I think, I think it's very funny. It is. I'm very pleased with it. Um, and, uh, if you're a fan of our mom, she was on our bonus episode last year. So Mm -hmm. you'll get that. You'll You'll get get access to that episode. Um, and uh, you can also donate $10 a month and you'll get, again, those cool pens. I cannot emphasize enough. Go check out on the website those pens. Ari says, let's not talk about butts, obviously. <laughs> what else would it say? Um, so so consider uh, donating if you can. Um, again, at the, at the $20 a month, you get the Keep in Touch kit. At $35 a month, you get the beer mugs. Um, so pick the level that's right for you. Upgrade if you can. Help us reach our goal of 10,000 new and upgrading members. Get Taylor and Riley tattooed. Get get to 15,000 <laughs> and I'll, I'll consider. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, so, we're, we're almost halfway there, right? We're so close. Yeah. Only if our mom says it's okay. Only if mom says it's okay. <laughs> oh. And do it while it's on your mind right now. You're thinking about it. You want it. You're looking at those pins. You know they're cool. Go to maximumfun.org and click on donate that's maximumfun.org click on donate and help us out help us keep uh making this thing we love to make yeah for you and thank you to the novellas for our theme song baby you change your mind uh this has been still buffering a sister's guide to teens through the ages i am riley smurl i'm sydney mcelroy and i'm taylor smurl i am a teenager and i i was Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.